This is Invest Talk. Independent thinking, shared success. Justin Klein and Steve Peasley stand ready to take your finance and investment questions and share their unbiased answers. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, a registered investment advisor firm serving clients throughout the United States. The clarity for your path forward starts now. Here is KPP Financial President, Financial Advisor, Steve Peasley. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Monday, October 10th, 2022, and we're now in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarters are good. First quarters are good, generally speaking, over the years. They're the best part of the year. That might not be so this year. I'm not, you know, it's very difficult to predict. But the HACCP is already in a bear market for the most of the year. Started down right at the beginning of January. We're down 22, 23%. Uh, and that's a bear market. Can it go further? Of course. But um, we'll have to just wait and see. Yes, yeah, depends. Well, at least it's getting cooler. The fall is happening for most parts of the country. Uh, still kind of warm here in Southern California, but it's cooling off. So I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm working here today for Justin. Justin is taking a couple of days off uh, for the ho- a holiday. Uh, he he deserves it. And, of course, my checks is on the radio program and podcast is to help you make the most of your portfolio strategy and the decisions you need to make. You know, it's we're going to talk about life stage investing later on in the show. And that's that's what I mean. What decisions should you make to fit where you are in life and fit your risk profile? How much risk do you want to take? And you can you can be very risky in, in your older, you know, older days uh, or you can be very conservative when you're young. You can. But, you know, we're going to talk about that in pretty much detail later on in the show. And, you know, you can call me now. We're live. We're live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Well, we're not live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That phone line is up, 888-99-CHART. That's live 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But we're live 4 to 5 Pacific time, Monday through Friday. So that means we're live right now. Love to take your calls. Um, My focus point today, what is life stage investing? Okay, that's going to be the thing I want to talk about today, time permitting. Uh, also, we'll dig into several other topics I thought were interesting today. Um, not much data is coming out this week, economic data, not much. But Thursday and Friday, when it does come out, we're going to have some inflation news. Okay, we'll have some retail sales news on Friday. So later in the week, we'll have some interesting news. Um, and that's going to be a market got market drive. Earnings are going to be, of course, the most important thing. So uh, October could be a difficult month. There's three major things which could make it a difficult month, and we'll discuss all three things. If the Fed is selling their bonds, remember there's QE they're doing? Remember they're getting cutting back their balance sheet? So that means they're getting rid of and letting them run off. The, the treasuries and mortgages that they have, and I think they're running off, what, $80 billion a month. If they're doing that, who's buying our debt? We're super in debt, we meaning the United States. That means the government is issuing treasuries. Who's buying it? Remember, the Fed was buying a lot of it. 
Now they're no longer buying it. They're a seller, not a buyer anymore. And what's that going to do to us? So I want to talk about that too. The market was down again today, down 249 points on the Dow, 184 points on the NASDAQ, and 46 points on the S&P 500. So another down day. Um, that seems like that's all we talk about these days is down days. Uh, lots of volatility going on. Uh, and it's because of the Fed. I mean, it's so obvious. I mean, you know, everybody thinks there's going to be a, you know, that the Fed's going to pivot at some point. And there's been rumors and talk and, you know, a lot of articles written about it. I think we're, I mean, I think a lot of it was premature. I don't think, I don't think we're there. I don't think they're close to being pivoting yet. Well, let me rephrase that. They're closer than we, they are close, but uh, there's no evidence for them that we see economically that I see that tells me that they're ready to slow it down. Not yet. Even though there are pieces of evidence, and I mentioned several of them last week, that make you think that our economy is going to get weaker. It's clearly going to get weaker. But that's just pieces. We GDP numbers we'll have for the third quarter. That'll be interesting, but we're not going to get them this week. So, we've got a lot of things to talk about. What do you guys want to talk about? Well, let's go ahead and take our first listener line question. Hi, this is uh, Dave from Ohio. Thanks for uh, everything you guys do for us small investors. I'm looking at a, a stock, Stanley Black & Decker. Symbol is SWK. I own it, but I was looking at adding to it I got it around uh, 76 and into the position if it does another pullback. Pays almost a 4% dividend, and it's a mid-cap company. Just think about your thoughts. Thank you. Okay, this is a combination of years ago. Stanley uh, and Black & Decker, they were two separate companies. Now it's Stanley Black & Decker, and the symbol is uh, SWK. Manufactured hand and mechanical uh, devices, mostly tools, professional industrial consumer markets. Um, they made $10.59 in 2021. Well, that, that was then, okay? Uh, this year, they're going to make $5.50, almost a 50% cut. Next year, $5.74. So the stock doesn't look as cheap as you might think, if you're using that big one-year huge gain to $10.59 per share, you have to use the forward-looking estimates. Uh, $6.74, and it's a $77 stock. So you're talking about 11 11 12 That's still a pretty reasonable P.E. This, uh, you know, this is not an exciting stock. They're still growing sales. When I say it's not exciting, it's not traditionally known as a growth stock, but it's paying a 4.1% dividend right now. And they can afford it. They have a $14 cash flow, 15% return equity. Those are pretty decent numbers, and the stock has fallen from 200 all the way down to 77 I think it's fairly cheap. Can it get cheaper? Yeah, um, I think you need to wait. Um at some point when it starts up and it shows us some strength, maybe when the market starts showing us a little bit of strength, it would be a good one to have in your portfolio. It would be a good, solid company. I mean, it's an $11 billion company. Good and solid. 
We have started a new market week. No one truly knows what will happen, of course. I don't think it's safe to predict. I do, I, really, I do think it's safe to predict more volatility. I do. So how could that affect your portfolio? Well, maybe I can answer some of those questions. Give us a call and invest talk. 888-99-CHART. time I host the Invest Talk podcast, I have the satisfaction of taking caller questions and then breaking down the often complex dynamics involved. If you've never called, don't hold back. You can leave your Invest Talk questions on the 24-7 anytime listener line at 888-99-CHART. Okay, my focus point today is, is about what is life stage investing? What does that mean? Life stage investing. It's pretty simple and kind of self-explanatory. You know, what stage of, of, of your life are you in? Are you in the 20 to 40 age area? Therefore, you, you know, you're, you're in a, you should be a pretty darn aggressive. I mean, technically, that's what you should be doing, being aggressive. Because you've got lots and lots of years, and the stock market over history has been the, the most durable uh, investment vehicle over time. Okay, um, if you're older, if you got in the middle part of your life, what, so let's say to 35 to 60-ish, somewhere in there, well, you might be changing your investment strategy a little bit because now you're accumulating wealth and maybe you want to take a little bit uh, less aggressive stance with your portfolio. And then, of course, after... 60, 65, 70. See, it, it's, it's going to be specific to each person and what they want to do, when they're going to retire, how much money they have been able to accumulate. It's always different. But, you know, we're just, you know, pre-retirees, you know, need to think about, well, I need to produce income in retirement from my investments. Usually that's the goal. Now, that's not always true. You could, you know, you want some growth too, but you may be, if you're you know, getting income from rental properties, you don't necessarily need income from your investments. It depends on what kind of lifestyle you have to decide. So it's different for each stage, and you have to just understand what you're doing is you're, you're thinking is to reduce risk over a long period of time. I want to reduce the risk I'm taking with money I've accumulated. Now, again, it's all individual. It's all, you know, depends on you. But I want you to think about it. This is the problem. People don't think about it. I see portfolios that are going to retire next month, and I see all 100% growth portfolios. I'm thinking, is this what you really should be in? And have you had this the whole time? And here you are this year, growth stocks have been crushed, right? Much more than the S&P 500. So you got to think about where you are in your life and when do you start to take get you know move from being very aggressive when you're young to much less aggressive when you're old. Life stage investing, that's what they call that. It's just a name. You know, it's just a name. But it's something you have to think about or your money manager has to think about it for you or someone has to be considering that, okay? It's kind of important. 
888-99-CHART is my number, 888-992-4278. Let's pivot to an InvestTalk voice bank question. You know it never closes that number, that 888-99-CHART. So give me a call. Hello, this is Matt from Florida. Hey, Steve and Justin. Uh, thanks for all your answers to our questions. Really appreciate it. I'm currently looking at uh, UMC, United Microelectronics, out of Taiwan, and um, AMD, Advanced Micro Devices. Currently own both as kind of a chip play. I know AMD is more towards the growth side, whereas UMC is more towards the value side. Uh, both have been hit pretty hard. Thanks for all your answers and look forward to listening to you on the podcast. Thank you. Well, if you're going to be in these stocks, and there's nothing wrong with that, you got to look at it much longer term. I mean, we're talking about several years before they really will probably recover much. Uh, UMC, United Molecular Electronic, which is an ADR out of Taiwan. And, of course, you have the additional risk of China and Taiwan conflict, if that ever happens. But, you know, I don't know if I would let me not invest in it. I don't think that would be the you know, a, a reason not to invest in it, but it's a, it's a risk that you have to accept. They're a $14 billion company, so they're big, and they are growing 30, 30 plus percent in the last four quarters every quarter. So it's not like, but they are cyclical. Both these are cyclical, okay? And we're in the down cycle because of the fear of a recession, okay? We know that the Euro, European countries are likely in a recession and deeply in a recession. We know we've had two quarters, first two quarters were shrinking and our GDP, even though we have full employment, it's kind of a strange situation, but the Fed wants to slow down inflation. So we know we're in the down cycle of the economy because of that. So uh, they're going to make $1.13 this year, but only $0.90 cents a share next year. I, I, would not, I would not be in these stocks at this point. Long-term, they're both healthy, very healthy, and they will recover. But we're in a pretty tough situation now, For and I'm, you heard us talk about it. We think value stocks are the way to be. That's where you got to be. We're headed into a break. I welcome your financial investment questions. Give us a call, 888-99-CHART. Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for InvestTalk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments. And of course, your calls are always welcome 24-7. Don't forget to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Yes, hi there. Uh, thanks for everything you guys do and uh, provide for the show and the podcast. I uh, love to listen every day. Uh, I actually had a ticker come up that I had a buy point of 90, and I didn't know if this was a good way to get in. It is Skywork Solutions. That's Skywork Solutions, S-W-K-S. If you give me some feedback on that, if where you guys would put it as a good buy point, I appreciate the info. Be listening on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, they're going to make $11.10 a share this year, eleven fifty-two next year, So, and it's an $83 stock, so it's pretty inexpensive. Skyworks Solutions, SWKS, headquarters in Irvine, makes analog mixed signal uh, amplifiers and two, uh, 
anonate, I don't know what they sound like, uh, diodes, couplers, mixers, modulators. And it's, as I said, a $13.5 billion company, so it's big. So the PE is really, really reasonable, okay? Right around seven and the five-year range is eight to 25, so it's right at the low of its range. Return on equity is very high, 37. It's a growth stock that's not growing as fast as it used to. It's growing about 10 to 15% sales now per quarter. Very little debt, pays a 3% dividend. A pretty healthy company. This is a company that, you know, if you were a long-term investor, uh, you would want to hold on to this. But remember, just like the previous call when we were talking about AMD and the other technology company, this is a technology company. Technology growth stocks are in disfavor. Okay, how far will they go down? Well, you wanted a buy point. This could go down to maybe, um, let's see if I can get it. It looks like around $75 a share, 70 maybe. Um, uh, it looks like it. Yeah, that's I, that's the that's the low. And back, back in 2018 is what I'm looking at. That that low is a lot of support. And remember, it's at 83 now. Uh, it's it should find support in this area, but it hasn't. So I think you need to let it continue to fall before you pick it up. You know, tech stocks don't work very good in a in a rising interest rate environment. They just don't. And it would be more I'd be more comfortable if we waited, and maybe till we get higher, the, fl- the inflation starts to pull back a little bit, and the Fed is not so dang aggressive. Maybe that's when you want to buy this kind of stock. Good solid company, though, really is. Okay, uh, again, there's not going to be much economic data out this week. We're starting earnings seasons. This is. Uh, the second week, we'll be getting numbers out. We're going to get a lot of banking numbers initially, and those will be telling the tape. The, the, the economic numbers we're going to get out later in the week, uh, we'll get CPI numbers, consumer price index, PPI numbers, producer price index, and retail sales numbers for last month. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna see what kind of direction the the consumer seems to be pretty healthy still, still, and uh, are they gonna continue to spend? I think they will. One thing you got to be watch out for is is gasoline because that's part of the uh, uh, um, retail sales sector. We gotta like x that out and see what underneath is. Are the consumers really spending, or is they just have to pay more for gasoline? You know that doesn't mean they're spending. That means they're just trying to. They have to spend on gasoline, not necessarily on other things. I think we're still pretty healthy, but you know we're this. This is gonna start telling the take. What you're gonna look for when the earnings start to come out. What you want to look for is what do the CEO say about the future earnings, right? Really, that's what you want to know. What are they saying about that? That's more important. So when people leave, uh, take time to leave an Investor podcast review from iTunes, you know we like to thank them for that. And as a courtesy, we want to answer any question they may have as fast as possible. So here's a, here's a question from All Roads. I was wondering if you do me a favor and provide an entry point for ISRG. It's intuitive circle, by the intuitive surgical. ISRG. 
He wants an entry point. Okay, for everybody else, it's out of Sunnyvale. It develops an, uh, an advanced, it developed an advanced surgical systems designed to improve open surgery and minimal invasive, invasive surgery. They make money. They made money for years and years and years, and they've been slowly growing that earnings per share over that period of time. Last year they made four dollars and ninety six cents. This year they're only going to make four sixty foot, so four sixty four, so down about six percent. Next year it's going to be go pop up to five forty seven. So one hundred and eighty six dollars stock though. See, so because of its steady earnings and it's 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 you know it's expensive. He wants a, an entry point. Well, right here is a pretty strong entry point, about 180, 185. The next one comes in about 160. Those are the entry points, technically speaking. On the next Invest Talk, the story behind the question Is the time right for Roth conversions? That's tomorrow. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members? or friends from a different culture. I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally. First with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so... Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, 
AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. Invest Talk is always made better when our listeners contribute their questions. So tell your friends and family members they can interact in real time with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein during the Invest Talk live stream program between 4 and 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Or they can leave their questions anytime 24 7 in the Invest Talk voice bank. Remember, for live or recorded questions, the number never changes. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Stephen Justin, this is Nathan from Texas. I had a question for you guys about the concept of staying in the market. You know, anytime you take profits on stock or mutual fund, or maybe you roll over an IRA or a 401k into an IRA where funds are traded from one mutual fund to another, you go to cash for a minute, and then you are reinvested back in the market. It's like every time you do that, you're just getting back into the market again. So I was wondering if you could touch on that, your philosophy and your ideas of staying in the market and what that means. Okay, most of the time you stay in the market. Now, that doesn't mean you don't take profits. It doesn't mean you don't produce cash at times. Uh, and I, I'm not, But you don't get out of the market because, uh, because you never know when it turns around. A good example is the last bear market we have in 2008. The market crashed. It was down. It was icky all through 2007. It got worse in 2008. You know, and bounced back within a year. It lost 50% or close to 50% of the S&P 500. In one year, it made it all up. Well, what if you got out? Would you say we get out? Would you get out at the right time? You probably lost half your money already before you decided to get out. Okay, so you lost half of that. Then when do you get back in? See, it's the getting back in problem is the issue. No one knows when it's going to turn around. So I've answered this question before. And one of the things I, I tell people is, you know, if you have, if the, you, I, on, on and on, we talk about rebalancing a portfolio. You do it every so often. You do it, you know, a minimum once a year. In that rebalancing effort, at this point, you wouldn't necessarily... If you took profits or cut back on something, don't necessarily reinvest that money yet. Or maybe you produce money. But if you have a good balanced portfolio, you just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Yeah, you could have moved to, to commodities, which we suggested you know, well over a year ago. And moving toward commodities would, you know, we thought the, the market would be favoring value stocks and commodity type stocks. And that side of the market is doing much, much better. Still down. Some of the commodities aren't. They're up. They're up big. But the mar- overall, that whole sector is down a little bit, but not nearly as much as the overall market. And we also suggested getting out of, you know, cutting way back on your tech because it's been a decade plus, 
you know, where tech is very overpriced. It's now appearing to me to starting to get more reasonable price. I don't know if they're done going down, but they're in a much more reasonable price at this stage. But holding on to cash for periods of time is nothing wrong with that. Okay, it's going to be difficult to know when to get back in. When do you put that cash back to work? When? And I'm suggesting that we need to see what the Fed's going to do. We still got to be patient. Let them, they're going to meet the first part of November. Probably going to increase the Fed fund rate another 75 basis points, three quarters of a percent. Uh, what are they going to say after that? Well, that will depend on what the economic numbers tell us on inflation. And some of them we're going to get out lit back later this week. So we've got to be patient. Just be a little patient. Let's play a second caller question in a row. You know the number. It's always the same. 888-99-CHART. Hello. My name is Pat. And I've been listening for a few years. Love the program. Thank you very much for all you do. And congratulations on the 45,000 or 45 million, I guess. My question is, I inherited uh, around $90,000 about a year ago. And I've just been sitting on it. I am retired and thinking of uh, I could use a little income out of it. So my thoughts were either on J-E-P-I or a Schwab S-C-H-D. Thought uh, investing in that and trying to get a little income out of it. You like one or the other or neither. And if, or would you go with one or would you maybe split the funds? I greatly appreciate it. I'll be listening. Thank you very much. Have an awesome day. Well, Schwab Division, uh, Div- Dividend Equity ETF, SCHD, uh, it's an ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Dow Jones U.S. Dividend 100 Index. So it's tracking a dividend index of uh, Dow Jones stocks, okay, whereas the JEPI, that's tracking a different index uh, in exchange-traded funds seeking to track the performance of the S&P 500 Total Return Index. That was not necessarily focused on dividends, even though the dividend is pretty high. It says it's 11.3. You got to be careful with this, though. Is it do these stocks really produce 11.3 percent, or is there are they you know uh, giving back some of your own money? See, sometimes they do that. You want to know if the underlying companies are actually paying that, and they can't pay 11.3 percent. That's not reasonable. Okay, they're not paying out of their earnings 11.3%. It's coming from somewhere else. Um, so uh, I like, I like for, for, frankly, I like the uh, Schwab one better, SCHD. But there are even other dividend-paying ETFs. There's lots of them out there. What I would suggest is you go to the web and say, list, uh, like, please provide a list of ETFs that play specify to specifically pay out dividends, you know, some verbiage like that, and you'll get a list, and then check them all out. I like Vanguard's. There's there's several of them. I think it's VIG. Is that a VIG? Is that the one? Yeah, VIG is Vanguard Dividend Appreciation, uh, but they don't pay much of dividend, two point one percent. But their focus is uh, growth of dividends. See, so there's different ways to do this. And I like specifically specific stocks. You can buy, you know, a handful, 10, 15, 20 dividend-paying stocks, uh, and I would prefer you to do that, to be honest, really. 
Okay, we have trans, uh, transitioned into the fourth quarter, as we mentioned at the top of the show. We, uh, holidays are coming up. The first one, of course, what we consider a holiday is Halloween. Then, of course, Thanksgiving, which is my favorite. But it's going to be volatile. We're still going to have a market. As long as the Fed is on this path of raising interest rates, it's going to be volatile. So just understand that, okay? And so it may be worth a time, minute or two to tell you what we can help you with, KPP Financial, what myself and Justin Klein can help um, when it comes to how to manage the risk in your portfolio and the volatility it might produce. KPP Financial is based in Irvine, California, which is in Orange County between LA and San Diego counties. And let me remind you, you know, we have a, a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. We, uh, we don't have any bias in our guidance. We want to just help as best we can. Uh, we have several different strategies with different risk profiles from very risky to very not risky. Depends on what you want and what you need. Some of them we have some that specify for dividends. I mean, bonds are starting to look more and more attractive when it comes to their yields, right? I mean, and I see a move, a migration to bonds because of the higher and higher yields that the Fed is pushing. So maybe that's something you need to consider, a bond portfolio. Well, we have one of those. So no market exposure at all, just bonds. And we hold on to maturity. See, something like, see, everybody's different and depends on your needs. And we want to help you. We'll, we'll take a look at your portfolio. We'll help you with it. Even if you don't hire us, you don't have to. You don't have to hire anybody. If you, if you have interest, you can do it yourself. So give us a call or send us an email, and we'd be happy to at least look at your portfolio and talk to you about it. Okay? Um, let's see. Talking point here. Uh, why October could be difficult? Well, one of the reasons is it is earnings season, and that's going to be reported. We're going to have earnings numbers coming out for the third quarter. And as I said before, it's not necessarily the specific earnings that will be a problem. It's what the CEOs and CFOs say about projections coming up. Okay? And if you have a, a lot of them saying it's going to be a very difficult and we're, tra- we're turning back, turning down our projected numbers, the market will be focused more on that than the actual earnings themselves. That's number one. Number two, inflation. Okay, October. We're going to see September's numbers. We're going to start seeing them this week. September's inflation numbers. And you know the Fed is working on it by raising interest rates. To sl- and that, when I say that, all that means is they're trying to turn down the economy, which will turn down earnings and turn down the stock market because they want the economy to slow down. So inflation is important, earnings are going to be important, and the CFO, CEO's projections of those earnings. Those are the three things you're going to want to focus on here in October. Okay, um, other things you are going to concern us, of course, is that Ukraine-Russia war. That, you know, even though we are getting used to it, but, you know, there's a lot of talk about escalation and all that stuff. That might be way on the market. We can see that happening. Um, and we have elections coming up in November, elections, midterm elections. Now, the market doesn't really necessarily react to elections per, midterm elections per se. 
They probably won't. There's too many other things on their plate that they will react to. And we are going to get the minutes from the last Federal Reserve meeting out this week. That would be something interesting to see. But as I said, it's going to be inflation news, earnings, and CEO projections of earnings coming up. Those are going to be, because it's earnings season, that's going to be the main things we've got to keep an eye on. So let's keep moving and swing back to the Invest Talk Voice Bank questions. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve or Justin. I uh, love the show. Appreciate what you guys do daily for the public. Calling in today to ask about diversifying the long-term portfolio to include an index fund with international stocks. I recognize that international stocks have dramatically underperformed American stocks over the last decade or so, but historical trends over the last century would show that there will be a reversion back to the mean and the pendulum will swing back in favor of international stocks, especially with the U.S. in a rate hike cycle and some asset bubbles like tech bursting. I also understand that the inflationary situation for countries around the world, especially in Europe, is terrible. Uh, And moreover, that John Bogle himself even said that all you need is to invest in U.S. funds, given that the large cap companies all have ventures and investments overseas anyway. So I'm really curious your take on diversifying one's portfolio into international stocks at this point and whether a fund like VXUS, Victor Xylophone, Uniform Sam, uh, an index fund that tracks non-U.S. companies, is worth investing into. So thank you so much uh, for listening and looking forward to hearing your answer on the show. Take care. I would primarily, and have been saying for some time, stay in the United States at this point. Um, Inflation news, Europe has problems with uh, energy because of the war. uh, And, you know, every place you go to, almost in the entire world, there's issues that are affecting those international markets that are not going to be solved very fast. They're going to be a long-term issue. Now, Vanguard total market, international stock market is not a bad place because it pays a very different, very nice dividend, 4.1%. But if you look at what's in there, you'll find a lot of pretty big U.S. companies. Remember, it's, uh, international's probably got a lot of U.S. companies in there, in that index. Um, but I would prime out, doesn't mean you can't invest it, just don't put too much money in it. And yes, there is cycles. You know, you're talking about the international cycle or foreign cycle, you know, being at its bottom. I can't, I don't think it is at its bottom. I know we're, I don't think we are. I don't think we are. Uh, we might be getting close, but I don't think we're there yet. Maybe, you know, uh, if I give you a number, I'm just guessing, but I'm saying 10% would be normal if the S&P went down 30 to 33% from its high. That is a normal bear market. It's at 23% now, 23, 24. So I could see that. It doesn't mean it will. But I think the foreign market, which is much more volatile than ours, uh, can go down much steeper. On the other hand, especially foreign developing nations, could their markets really shoot up fast too, shoot up faster than ours. I just don't know if I'm in the mood to take that kind of risk. It's pretty simple. It's, it's the risk factor that bothers me on those outside the United States. The risk factor. How much risk am I taking? Is it worth the risk? I don't know if it is. Just don't know. 
Justin and I are thankful for the podcast support and our free downloads will continue. I want to make you aware that two other ways to find uh, our material and unbiased guidance. InvestTalk has a YouTube channel and an Instagram following. We're building out more content on both platforms. So go to YouTube or Instagram and search InvestTalk. Remember, use two T's in InvestTalk. And please tell your friends and family members, everybody, tell about InvestTalk. Our lines are open. We're still open. The lines are still open. 888-99-CHARTERS are number 888-992-4278. This is Steve Peasley here on a Monday early evening. Monday Night Football is coming up. And uh, we have one goal here. We always have the same goal. And it helps you achieve financial freedom, everybody. We need to all go for that gold. Okay? Financial freedom. That's the that's what we want for everybody. So we'll continue it right after this break. 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. Every Friday on the program and the podcast, Steve Peasley shares highlights from the newest edition of the KPP Premium Newsletter. Listen Fridays to Invest Talk. And now, Steve and Justin welcome your calls and questions. 888 99 Chart. Hello, Invest Talk. This is Edwin Miller. I'm calling in from Texas. I have a question about Echo Petrol. Ticker symbol E is an Echo, C is in Charlie. Just had a question if uh, now would be a good time to buy this. I've been having it on my watch list, kind of looking at it, and see that it is just trying to break over that 50 day moving average. And it looks like the chart. From what I can see on Yahoo, um, looks like they have fairly solid cash flow going up. They do have a little bit more debt than what I like to see, but uh, with higher energy prices, that may not be such a bad thing. Just wanted to know your thoughts, and I will listen to you on the podcast. Thanks. Okay, Ecto Petrol is out of Colombia, South America. Colombian company engaged in oil and gas exploration, production, refining, and transportation worldwide. It's a twenty billion dollar company, good size. They're going to make three fifty three this year after making two dollars last year. Of course, that's all because of high cost of oil, right? Next year at two seventy one, so it's going to go down. That's a nine dollar seventy seven cent stock, so it's very low priced. And they pay a very high dividend, which is I like, 14.9%. I don't know if that's sustainable, but it's pretty darn high right now. Um, <clears throat> I mean, their sales have gone up dramatically over the last couple of years, like from three to four billion a quarter to eight to ten billion a quarter. And that's probably due mostly to the price, price of oil. Okay, not because they explore more. And that's one thing I would look. Let's find out if the reserves. Are oil reserves are going up or down? Are they using up their oil reserves, selling it? Okay, great. But they are at the low end of their PE, and I do like, I do like um, commodity type price uh, stocks. I don't like they're in Colombia because of the um, political uh, risk that you're taking. But it's cheap enough. And I would say, yeah, it didn't break. It didn't break through its 50-day moving average, but it certainly looks like a good buy price point to buy at nine dollars and seventy-seven cents. You know, it might go down to nine, it can go all the way down to eight sixty or so, and that's a good price point to buy this stock. Okay, EC 
E-C, ectoprectoral. Okay, um, the Fed is sending, is selling their bonds, right? I've told you at the beginning, so uh, that they're selling their bonds, they're cutting back their balance sheet, okay? And at the same time, we're increasing our debt tr pretty dramatically, meaning the U.S. debt. So the, the Fed, a year or two years ago, was the biggest buyer of the debt. Now they're selling the debt. They're not taking the debt because of the QT, quantitative tightening. Okay? So, if they're not, who's buying the debt? And more importantly, the people who are buying the debt, they're going to want more and more and more yield. In other words, they're, not, they're going to want more. In, they want the, the interest rates to rise. And that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. So, I also, uh, as a countermeasure to that, who is buying the debt? Well, more old retirees. You start moving up the yield. Remember, there's competition for the invested dollar, right? Competition between the stocks and bonds. And before the last 10 years, 15 years, there hasn't been much competition. Stocks, right? The money went to stocks. All going to grow stocks. Grow stocks, one stock. Now that the yields are going up on bonds, yields are going up. It's starting to attract baby boomers, money, me. My type of money, right? Because, hey, if I can get 6 7 8% on a bond uh, with very little risk, why wouldn't I do that instead of the stock market? So the, the higher the yields, the more attractive. There, there's a buyer that could replace the Fed, right? They need someone. As the government issues more bonds, I mean more debt, they got to issue bonds to pay for the bonds to pay for the debt, and that's what happens. There's competition, so rates go up. Fed at the same time is raising the overnight rate, right? Pushing rates up at some point that will affect negatively the economy, and that's their whole point. They want to do that. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein, and I thank you for listening. And we encourage you to tell your friends and family members about us, about the free podcast downloads. Get your downloads anytime at iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. By the way, last night, our official InvestTalk downloads count went over 46 million. Thank you very much for that. We appreciate it. Please be sure to review and rate us. If you do download on iTunes, we would like a positive rating to expand our audience and spread. You know, if you think the show is interesting and informative, tell people. We appreciate that. Independent thinking, share success. This is InvestTalk. Good night, everybody. InvestTalk is a trademark of KPP Financial. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them. Specifically, nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell security. Because such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor firm which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein is chief executive officer of Klein, Pavlis, and Peasley Financial. Thank you for listening, and your comments and questions are welcome on our 24-hour listener line 
at 888-99-CHART.